Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, the Roots-Based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. And I'm going to continue my look at recent Cubs trades, the trades from July. I'm going to start with, well, I'm going to continue with the Jack Peterson trade. But before I talk about the Jack Peterson trade, I'm going to hook in another concept that I like to talk about words, language. I enjoy language. I enjoy words, especially when the words have an understood meaning so that when you use a word, you know what is being meant. Today's podcast word is appetizer. An appetizer, not an app on your smartphone, but an appetizer. For instance, if you go to a perhaps a Mexican restaurant, you might get chips and salsa you know that you're going to be having food after. You get the appetizer and it gets you all uh, salted up and you get thirsty and you order a beer. Or in my case, you, or, you, you get a fourth glass of water. Uh, but you know from the appetizer, there's going to be more food coming later. Breadsticks, possibly, like if you're going to the Olive Garden or something like that. Here's your breadsticks. Here's your menu. What do you want? Enjoy your breadsticks. We'll have your food out to you in a while. Oh, it looks like you finished off your breadsticks. Would you like some more breadsticks? Here are some more breadsticks. I grew up in Bolingbrook, Illinois, and the place in Bolingbrook to go to if you wanted to go to a nice restaurant back in the day, I think it still applies because I know some people who still live there and the place is still open, White Fence Farm. They would have amazing chicken all the time, every time, every single day. And their warm-up, their appetizer was hush puppies. You would eat the hush puppies and you absolutely had to have even more chicken. Now, when my family was uh, growing up, when we would get together as a family, much of the time my mom would have shrimp. Shrimp and we would bring toppings to go with the shrimp. Toppings? No. Dips. Um, My family wisely didn't trust me with anything more than buying hummus. I was good at buying hummus. I would bring hummus. Hummus with shrimp is okay. People would have cheese dip or cheese and crackers. But once it got time for the appetizers, the appetizers, you knew there was going to be a whole lot more food after that because that's what an appetizer is about. Here's some food. Now, in a while, we're going to give you a whole bunch of more food to eat. An appetizer. The Jack Peterson trade was an appetizer. Perhaps, maybe, potentially, possibly, perhaps. If the Cubs would have waited a while on the Jack Peterson trade, they possibly, maybe, perhaps, might have potentially gotten a little bit more in exchange than they got. We'll get back to that in a minute. But the key with the Jack Peterson trade, it was an appetizer. It was telling everybody, there's a whole lot more that's going to come. Jack Peterson is gone, and there are going to be more trades. You don't know how many trades there are going to be. Heck, we don't know how many trades there are going to be. We being um, Jed Hoyer talking. The Jack Peterson trade was an appetizer. It 
allowed everyone to know, yes, there are going to be more trades. And there were more trades as the deadline approached. But the Jack Peterson trade was on July 15th. And it served as an appetizer. People knew, oh, oh, okay, Jack Peterson's gone. Cubs are going to make some trades soon, 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 soon. And eventually it would. With the Jack Peterson trade, not only did it alert everybody in the baseball universe the Cubs were going to make some more trades, it also created a vacancy in center field. Jack Peterson's gone. He's been our primary center fielder. Jack Peterson and possibly Jake Marisnik a little bit, possibly Ian Happ a little bit, but mostly Jack Peterson had been getting starters minutes, especially against right-handed pitching. Now I'm going to stop for a second and talk about the Atlanta Braves. I just looked up Jack Peterson's numbers before and after the trade. And if you were looking at Jack Peterson's numbers, specifically his OPS numbers, if you're looking at a player's OPS numbers, you're generally expecting that's probably about kind of sort of what he's going to do for the rest of the season. Yes? Um, if you're trading for a guy who has, I think Jack Peterson was like 715, 727, something like that. One for one team and one for the other. So it's, you know, 715, 717, 727, something along those lines. One of them was for the Cubs. One of them was for the Braves. If you're trading for a player who has had a 727 OPS, and you are expecting him the rest of the way. And the, the 727 was in line with his history. 727 basically for his career, 727 for the season. If you're trading for a player who's hitting 727 OPS, and your expectation is, no, 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 when he comes to us, he's going to have a 1.049 OPS, you're being ridiculous. It might happen, but you're being ridiculous if you're expecting that. The Jack Peterson return after the trade has been spot on what should have been expected. He has done exactly what should have been expected. And the Braves, incidentally, kind of as opposed to the A's, who I talked about recently in the Chafin trade, the Braves have turned it around for whatever reason. Well, part of it was the, the uh, Mets being the Mets, and part of it was the Phillies kind of slumping. But the Braves are actually in good shape right now. The Braves are in good shape, not because of Jack Peterson necessarily, not despite Jack Peterson. Jack Peterson did exactly what you should have expected Jack Peterson to do. And because of factors completely other than Jack Peterson, the Braves have, uh, the Braves look like a likely playoff team right now. Also helping in that, is the continued fall apart by the San Diego Padres. So, Jack Peterson has done exactly what was expected. No questions there. Peterson has provided exactly what they wanted, and I will get to Bryce Ball more specifically in a bit, but the Braves figured, you know what? For the price of Bryce Ball, we have a shot at winning the division. That perfectly well makes sense. That perfectly well makes sense from a Braves perspective. 
we are willing, from a Braves perspective, we are willing to surrender Bryce Ball to have a legitimately much better chance at winning the division or certainly making the playoffs. And they have certainly done that. They have definitely done that since um, Peterson arrived. They have gotten better. Okay, now let's switch back around and look at the Cubs. First off, with Peterson going away, I didn't check it. I didn't look up specific box scores. But with Peterson going away, it became really quick. Uh, Rented tongue can't work. Um, It became really obvious really quickly that with Jack Peterson not in the lineup, someone else was going to have the opportunity to step up and develop. The first opportunity went to Rafael Ortega. He's still the leadoff man against right-handed hitters. Rafael Ortega took over Jack Peterson's position, and one could make the argument that Rafael Ortega has played better than Jack Peterson did. One could make the argument that Rafael Ortega has played better than Jack Peterson has with the Braves. Didn't run the numbers entirely, but from a Cubs perspective, trading Jack Peterson and putting in Rafael Ortega gave Rafael Ortega one big monster chance. Do you want a 40-man roster spot? If you want a 40-man roster spot, produce. If you produce, you'll get a 40-man roster spot. Since um, Rafael Ortega took over the leadoff spot in center field against right-handed pitchers thing, he's represented that he very well might deserve a 40-man roster spot, especially since he will be making basically league minimum. So basically, it's already a win-win. Quite by accident, I don't I don't know that the Cubs thought, yeah, 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 when we trade away Jack Peterson, Rafael Ortega is going to do better than Jack Peterson did with the Cubs or would do with the Braves. I don't think that was something that the Cubs were actively thinking, yes, this will happen. Happenstance. Kind of like when they picked up um, Frank Schwindel on waivers. I don't think they were thinking, well, we're picking up Frank Schwindel to replace Anthony Rizzo. Well, they might have thought that. They might have thought that because if they knew they're trading Anthony Rizzo, they're going to need somebody to play first base. They might have thought, you know what? Frank Schwindel, available on waivers. Might as well pick him up. After all, we're going to be trading Anthony Rizzo end of the month. Uh, Let's do this. But they certainly did not think that Frank Schwindel would so drastically do well. I don't think that was even, even remotely in the thoughts of anyone. But back to Rafael Ortega. The Cubs gave Rafael Ortega a chance. And if he would have been horrible, which probably was a much greater likelihood than him being really good, if he was horrible, the Cubs could say, after a while, well, we gave him a chance, and he screwed it up. So what we're going to do is we're going to release him, or maybe we'll even keep playing him because we really aren't all that concerned about winning. Either way, either or. But he's done well. He's done incredibly well, and wow. Now, because the Cubs, check this out, because the Cubs traded Jack Peterson, they now have the 
information, some of the information necessary to accurately assess as to whether Rafael Ortega belongs on the 40-man roster over the offseason. Had the Cubs kept Jack Peterson and had kept playing Jack Peterson, Rafael Ortega would not be playing. He would uh, certainly not the level that he, uh, the cons- consistent level that he's been. You know, he wouldn't be getting regular at bats. It'd still be Jack Peterson. It is complete happenstance that Rafael Ortega is showing he really kind of belongs at the major league level. Complete happenstance. The Cubs did not expect that. So it's kind of a win-win already. The Cubs, by trading Jack Peterson, have a very potential left-handed hitting outfielder for next season, making league minimum, that's arguably better than Jack Peterson. Happenstance. Win-win. Already. Now, let's talk about Bryce Ball. Bryce Ball is a big boy. He is six foot six. And when he started playing first base in the Cubs system, there were a number of plays that were um, cringeworthy. I'll just phrase it that way. And I was starting to think Bryce Ball is a bad first baseman. I like to, I, I don't know if you've ever played Stratomatic baseball. Um, Stratomatic gives me the best example going of assessing players defensively. Assessing players defensively, they have five levels of defensive um, skill for players. A is gold glove level. If somebody is an A defensively, he's a major league gold glover. There's just, you know, you're not going to beat that. If a guy is a B, he is a high average defensive player. High average not quite gold glove. There could be years that, you know, if, if a B player plays for 15 years, he might have a couple of years where he's an A, a year where he gets a gold glove or is really darn close to a gold glove. But if you have a player who is a B defensively, he's going to be really good. You're, you're, you can count on him making quality plays. When you have a C defender, he is purely average. Just absolutely, completely, totally average. The plays that he should make, he'll probably make. The plays that he shouldn't make, he probably won't make. He's generally very average. And, you know, sometimes he gets a prey. Hey, he had a really good week this week. And sometimes, oh, wow, he, he, he really stunk it up this week. But in general, over the long haul, he's kind of average. A D defender is below average. And an E defender is do not have him play there ever. Basically, that's the way you're looking at it. And for the first couple of weeks with Bryce Ball at first base, I was thinking he was a D defender. Now he's probably somewhere between a C and a D. And that's my take. Uh, he could be a C if he works hard enough at it. Um, they're play- the Co- South Bend is playing him a lot more at first base, and Tyler Durnett is playing a lot less at first base than I would expect. I would have expected Durnett to get eh, two-thirds of the starts. Now it's more seemingly down to 
for whatever reason. Some of them may make sense, some of them may not. Bryce Ball coming into today, I think he was 0 for, 0 for 3 today with 3 strikeouts. Um, two of them he was complaining about because he thought the pitch was a bit outside on a 3-2 count. Um, his last strikeout he swung through. Bryce Ball, as of now, as of now, Bryce Ball is not a good average hitter. He's not a good average hitter. He takes scads of walks, and he has power. And he is an average or slightly below average defensive first baseman. For two and a half months of Jack Peterson with Rafael Ortega taking over for Jack Peterson and playing as likely as not better than Jack Peterson. You got to love that trade. Now, it makes sense from both teams' perspectives. You know, some people might at the end of October. Perhaps Jack Peterson goes into a slump. Perhaps something really bizarre happens. Perhaps um, Bryce Ball figures it out and ends up turning into a left-handed Gorman Thomas. Except Gorman Thomas was a lot smaller. Um, If Bryce Ball figures everything out, that's not going to change the trade from the Braves' perspective. Because the Braves' perspective was, we want to win now. And Bryce Ball does not look like a lead pipe cinch to be a major league regular. It was a perfectly logical trade. Whatever ends up happening 15 years down the line, insignificant. Ball's batting average at advanced A coming into today was, I think, 207 as compared to 206 with the Braves. Bryce Ball's home runs with the Braves, six. Bryce Ball's home runs with South Bend, six. The at-bats by Bryce Ball with Atlanta, I think it's like 70 more at-bats than with South Bend. And the walks are... Probably a couple more um, per hundred with the Cubs. He's not been a high average hitter. Now, if the Cubs have an entire offseason, which they will, they'll actually have two offseasons, at least with Bryce Ball, to train him to... Um, how do I want to frame Iron out of the swing. You know, everyone can improve their swing. Everyone can upgrade their swing somehow. Um, Ball knows the zone. He knows the zone better than the umpires do. He's getting rung up on ball. uh, He's getting rung up on ball four regularly. Um, Of course, that happens at the major league level too. But Bryce Ball for Jack Peterson, tossing aside the Rafael Ortega angle. Bryce Ball was, what the heck? What the heck? This guy might upgrade our 
are uh, the Cubs' power. The Cubs had been rather weak offensively at first base. And adding in Bryce Ball upgrades that. Um, Rule 5 draft, he's not a concern yet. He He probably won't be a concern. He probably won't be a concern because I don't really imagine he's the type that anyone would want to take in the major league draft. The intriguing thing with Tyler Derna and Bryce Ball, both in advanced A, both would kind of somewhat make sense in Tennessee next year. Derna is much better defensively. Both have a very good grasp of the strike zone. Derna hits better. Derna runs better. Derna plays better defense. Bryce Ball has better power. Now, one thing I'm going to take a little, 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 tiny, tiny bit of a sidelight on. Not only is there the Major League Rule 5 draft, there's also the Minor League Rule 5 draft. The Minor League Rule 5 draft, it's the same sort of thing as the Major League as far as the same players are eligible, the same players um, can be poached. But with the Minor League Rule 5 draft, you have a separate 38-player roster. You have the 40-man roster for the Major League Rule 5 draft, and you have a 38-player roster for the AAA draft. So if a team has a player that is Rule 5 eligible but is not on the 40-man roster, there's going to be a whole bunch of those. The team gets to keep 38 additional players on the AAA roster, which exempt, exempts them from the minor league Rule 5 draft. Minor league Rule 5 draft, again, same basic premise, but instead of having to keep the player around for the entire year or otherwise you have to return them, blah, 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 whatever, with the minor league draft, that doesn't, the minor league rule five draft, that doesn't happen. If a team selects someone in the minor league rule five draft, they basically pay, I think it's $12,500, and they acquire the player. So even more so than at the major league draft, with the major league rule five draft, when a team has a whole bunch of minor league depth, in the minor league rule five draft, players can get poached to more adequately even out the talent pools. Tyler Derna is eligible for the rule five draft. Tyler Derna will not be protected from the uh, from the major league rule five draft. He won't be. He shouldn't be. That's not a question. The Cubs will have. 38 players that they get to protect in the minor league phase. Tyler Derna might not get protected in the minor league phase. So what might happen is someone looking across, seeing, hmm, Tyler Derna, if he is left unprotected, he might be the type of player that some team might want to poach 
for a $12,500 fee. Because after all, he's a first baseman, plays well defensively, gets some timely hits, draws a lot of walks, has a little tiny bit of power, good enough base runner, etc., etc. There very well might be a team out there who says, you know what, our first base prospects, they're pretty much kind of garbage. Let's go out and get Tyler Derna, plug him in, have him in either high A or double A, and roll with it. Very possible. Could happen. And very possible could happen. If that does happen, then the Cubs have Bryce Ball. Bryce Ball is not Rule 5 eligible yet. Bryce Ball should be in Tennessee next year. And when he's in Tennessee, then we'll have a much better read on is he a legitimate prospect or not. Because if he um, continues to draw scads of walks and he continues to hit scads of homers, even if his batting average isn't particularly high, he might be kind of interesting. He might be. Um, but Bryce Ball makes sense at Tennessee next year as a first baseman. And the Cubs have been miserable in their system through most of the last few years, having an internal option to plug in at first base. Usually they've been using catchers or maybe stick a, an outfielder at first or maybe a guy who used to be a third baseman and now they're going to have him at first base because he can't move around as much anymore or whatever. Now, Bryce Ball, you're the first baseman. We're good to go. And if they have Tyler Derna next, next year, Tyler Derna and Bryce Ball, both as DH slash first baseman at the Tennessee level, absolutely, totally, positively, completely makes sense. Appetizer. We all know what an appetizer is. I've been, I've been asking around. I've been asking around today. Nobody can tell me what tanking is in baseball. Nobody can tell me. The, in one of the Bill James abstracts, way back in the day, way back in the day, when he was just starting up late 80s, early 90s, Bill James had a really creative idea. He's a very good idea guy. He was asking how should one be able to determine if this player or that player or this other player ought to be voted into the Hall of Fame? What are some questions? What's a, what are a battery of questions one should ask that could possibly direct you in the fashion of, should this guy be in the Hall of Fame? Now, this was before steroids. This was before Pete Rose got into a whole bunch of trouble. So back then, it was still basically best players get in. Okay? Um, best players get in. So Bill James had a battery of like 15 different questions. 15 different questions. One of them was, was he ever an MVP. Another question was something along the lines of, was he ever top five in MVP? Was he regularly an all-star? Was he the best player 
on his team? Is he the best player at his position, not in the Hall of Fame? So he had this list of like 15 different questions, and it wasn't a case of you have to go 15 for 15. It wasn't a case of if you get 11, then you should be in the Hall of Fame. It's more of a, here's a whole bunch of questions and answer the questions about different players. And when you ask the questions about different players, if this guy gets three yeses and this guy over here gets 12 yeses, the guy who has 12 yeses probably belongs in the Hall of Fame more. Even if the tanking definition is more along the lines of something like that. Here's 15 questions. If you get 12 or 13 of them right, you're probably tanking. Okay. Show me the list of the 15 questions. I'll come up with a couple more. I'll come up with a couple more to add to the fun. But um, I'm going to keep doing, periodically, I'm going to keep bringing words to a podcast. An appetizer is it today. The Bryce Ball trade 100% made complete sense for both teams at the time. So far, Jack Peterson has done just about exactly what the Braves should have expected him to do when they acquired him. There have been no surprises in the trade except for one, and that one trade, that one surprise was. Rafael Ortega's played a whole lot better than anybody possibly could have expected. I don't see how you can complain about the Jack Peterson trade at all for either team. And since that's my stance, what, about two months into the trade? It really shouldn't change. You know, if, if Jack Peterson goes 0 for 27 down the stretch, or if he goes 19 for 27 down the stretch if he is absolutely huge for them in October, it still made absolute sense for the for the Braves. He goes over 19 down the stretch. It still make, made absolute sense for the Braves. But the important thing for the Cubs was, it was an appetizer. It told everyone else, the Cubs are going to make trades. The Cubs are going to make trades. And what you might want to do is start figuring out what trade you're going to want to make, what guy you're going to go after, or if you're the White Sox, what two guys you're going to want to go after. Because we're going to make trades. We're going to make trades. And some of the upside in the trades was going to be the Cubs are going to let players that were currently on the roster or currently in AAA get chances to show whether they belonged or not. Some of them, Ortega, Schwindel, they've shown they belong. Some of them, Ryan Meisinger, Jake Jewell, less so. But it cleared out spots. It cleared out spots in the bullpen. Manny Rodriguez, had there not been trades, we would not know about Manny Rodriguez. He would still be in AAA. He would still be in AAA because there would not be room for Manny Rodriguez to have gotten called up. The players were moved to create spaces so other players could play. That was the entire premise of making the trades 
Oh yeah, that and also get a whole bunch of prospects back. The Bryce Ball trade, the Jack Peterson trade, it made perfect sense for both sides. Whether it ends up historically being a win-win, it should be considered one. It did exactly what was expected for both teams with the only variation in expectations being Rafael Ortega's played a whole hell of a lot better than anybody would have possibly expected. Thanks for stopping by. Um, tomorrow, Labor Day. Have a wonderful Labor Day. Uh, hopefully you're out grilling something or whatever it is that you're into doing. And if you get the family together, if everybody's there, everybody's ready to go, have some appetizers. <laughs>